no, I can't go. The the Brokeback Mountain watch party is this weekend. Yeah. I'm recording. All right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And, and apparently today, we're going to go see Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> we're ha- all right, we're having a watch party, but that's besides the point. We're going to be talking about Dragon Ball Z, Super superhero and all right real quick they need they need a kenny everybody needs a kenny in a room okay the movie should just be called dragon ball super hero that's all it needed to be <laughs> i don't know why they felt the need to call it's called dragon ball super and they super super stop it dragon ball super hero you got I, it Bang, i think gold. that the japanese this is something that they just like doing um that kind of alliteration or whatever you want to call it they they like those titles like that. You think about some of the titles of anime that we've been getting in the last couple of years. That time I got reincarnated as a fucking slime that was in a penthouse with a couple of harambes and got my dick sucked. Like they just they just go crazy about their titles. So I'm not surprised. This is actually pretty tame that it's called Dragon Ball Super Superhero. It's but just yeah. so because like it's already it's like perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's perfect, and then you add another super, and you're like, what what what, what do we do? That's a it's a very Japanese thing though. So I, to me, it's just normal. I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was, yeah. I I just didn't think anything of it. I was gonna say it's kind of confusing, but honestly, I didn't even find it confusing. I was like, that is so Japanese. Like that is just <laughs> culturally in line with what they do. Anyways, this movie, uh, I just talked to Kenny a little bit before this podcast started, and I was saying that. What movies have they made so far? So there's the Battle of the Gods, there's the Resurrection of Frieza, there was the Broly movie, and then there's this one, Superhero. And honestly, I personally think all four of them are good. Like, I think they're all, yes. like, watchable anime movies. I don't think they're, like, crazy out this world or anything like that, but I think all of them are pretty decent. And I want to say, if I had to rank them, I think the Broly movie was my favorite one, personally. This movie is fucking crap. The Broly movie is crazy to me. <laughs> it's so crazy. First of all, the animation on them. Like, I love, there's a part where they're like in the snow. Yes. And like Goku's like Bruce Lee jumping. Oh like, you know, like God. the Bruce Lee, like kind of. Oh, I know exactly jump. what you're talking like, about. Goku's like bouncing, like the Law little Bruce Lee Tekken, bounce. Bruce Lee Yo. in real life. I know exactly what you're talking about. I like the outfits they had on in the winter when they were in the, yeah. in, in, in the mountains before uh, Goku and Vegeta got fucking dragged by Broly. But yes, if I had to rank them, I would say Broly is the number one for me. And then probably second would be Battle of the Gods. Um, just because like that that was the introduction to Super. That's the introduction yeah. to Beerus, the God of Destruction. And I don't know, that movie was just really epic. I also like yeah. how Vegeta snapped <laughs> when it came to Balma. <laughs> My Balma! Like, that was awesome. That should have me hype in the movie theater. So that, that movie was really funny. And it's like our introduction to, you know, Whis and, and uh, Beerus. But, and, you know, I, after that, Frieza's movie is like, whatever. This movie, I think, is a, I, I kind of like superhero more than I liked Frieza's I, movie, to be honest. So, yeah, I agree. I think that, um, I would, I pretty much the same ranking. I would put Broly at the top yeah. and then Battle of the Gods. But I think superhero is like only a tiny notch, like a tiny notch under Battle of the Gods. So, and okay. I wouldn't be surprised if like some people like it more. In some aspects, I did li- like. There was a lot I liked about this movie, but Battle of the Gods has some other stuff, and it being sort of the intro to Super. So while I enjoyed all four movies, and I enjoyed Dragon Ball Super Superhero, I do have one really big gripe with the movie, 
Okay. It's like one card. It's a, it's such a fucking cardinal sin. I actually talked about it with one of my friends, um, and I was thinking about it as I was watching it too. It just it really bugged the fuck out of me. I'm not gonna say it just yet, but okay. it is one thing that will keep it below Battle of the Gods for me. And I think that okay. it'll make sense when we get to it. I think the movie is honestly fantastic though, and I'm so surprised. So the reason why I'm even doing all of this, like prefacing this podcast like this, is because online the sentiment about this movie has mostly been that it's mid or that it's bad. Oh. People and, to stop. and like I was going into it, unfortunately, thinking like I was about to watch some fucking terrible movie and it just wasn't that at all. Like people, I, I just I'm really tired of the Internet. I, I'm so fucking tired of the Internet when it comes to these hot takes on everything like the you know house of the dragon and now it's dragon ball and then demon slayer yeah. and jujitsu kaisen like these hot takes are so toxic and bad. This- this movie was really fun. So here's what I'll say about it. I think you kind of said it earlier. Yeah, this movie's not fucking one flew over the cuckoo's nest, okay? No. <laughs> but it's it's a really, really just entertaining movie. It's yeah. really fun to watch. I think the plot, the story of it is fine. Like, it's not, yeah, once again, I, I it is a complete, like, it is a good plot. It services so what do you the movie's start trying there? to do. Do you want to start? And um, you want to well, no. It? I want to start. One. Well, I want to start here because you brought up the internet thing. Okay. The internet needs to stop. Here's a fun fact for everybody. And I'm not usually a numbers guy, but I think this is an important milestone. This is the first animated movie ever to open. Not ever. You'll hear what I'm saying. First animated movie to open number one in the box office since Pokemon the first movie. Holy shit! The last last time an animated movie opened number one in the box office was Pokemon the first movie. Dragon Ball Superhero is now the next one. Yeah, and that's that's over twenty years. That's probably twenty years old. Right? Yeah, that's it's got to be at least twenty. I was yeah. a kid, like I was an actual kid <laughs> and a whole child. So yeah, that's actually absurd. That's a great milestone. I also, saw that it's like the number one movie in the country. Yeah, yeah, it's it is it's it huge is, right now. So like, because you know it's the number one animated movie to do these things, but it's also like the biggest movie in the country period right now outside of animated movies like it, it's competing with every movie currently out is what i'm saying like it yeah it's, it's competing with idris elba fighting lions yeah i don't want people to it's think good. that like it's just the number one animated movie or like it's in the competition of just anime it's literally the number one movie you anime. know whatever you feel about kevin hart and the rock they put out huge blockbusters Every they time. have they have that Super Pets movie that's out, which is not only an animated movie, but it has Kevin Hart and The Rock in it. Yeah. And it it's, you know, it's doing better than that movie, which, yeah. you know, that's really good. says a lot. I don't know if they both opened at the same time, because obviously that matters if it's like week one for Dragon Ball and week two for the Kevin Hart movie. But it, yeah. it, no matter how it shakes out with the numbers, this movie's doing really well in the box office. And I think rightfully so. I think, it, I think the movie's fine. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. I was so surprised as I was watching it that there was just nothing wrong with it and <laughs> like until there until there was but like i was watching i was like wait i'm i'm an hour in like what where is the issue at with this yeah this? like you were having fun i was having fun but not I, not even just having fun i think i was like this is just good like i'm entertained yeah, yeah. like the action was good i think that the plot so the, you mentioned the plot earlier and that's when i said did you want to start there um so the plot is very uh grounded in dragon ball the original series because yeah, dude, I to... honestly got like a little. I was getting hype when they were like given the history of Goku and the Red Ribbon Army. Like I was just like in my seat, like ooh, like I was, I was hype. Yeah, I really like the opening. The opening is so clean to me. I think that more movies should do this. Just kind of give you a little backstory on what's 
to come in a way by explaining history. So they explained how, you know, Goku used to fight the Red Ribbon Army and then Dr. Jiro created androids. Dr. Jiro had a son and I believe a daughter. So I don't know if he had a daughter, but something that I popped off and it happened so quick. There's a reveal in, was in there. Dude, that's Dr. Jiro's wife. So when they show the time, they show the family tree. I've lost my shit. Obviously, I only saw the movie once, so I could have seen it. But from what I saw, it was Dr. Giroux, and it, they just At mentioned the his wife. Yeah, you see And her they hair. showed Android 21. You see her whole face. And then they show, like, their child, and then, like, Dr. Hedo is Giroux's grandson. But yeah. they show Android 21. But not only that, they reveal her. Her name's, like, Volmi or something. Yeah. Like, it was, like, V-O-L-M-I or V-U-L-M-I. But her name has never been revealed before. So that was, like... So basically, it was like so casual, how they just were like, "Oh, by the way, this character that's only in the video game, yeah, but this is Drew's. This life. character is just in this movie." So when I saw that, this is what got me immediately hyped and interested in this entire thing. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. seeing that reveal of Android Twenty One was really big for me because I've been you you used to play on Thursday nights. Kenny used to uh, stream on Critical Hit Plus, Dragon Ball's Every fighting game. Thursday, yeah, like Dragon Ball's fighting game, and I would watch it or just like talk because my other friends play it too so it's like a big thing in our group of friends i don't personally play but i spectate and i like it and i remember when android 21 came out she's the best character in the game basically and then a newer version of her came out where she is not an android and they just call her a lab coat and she is literally the best character in the game ever created period and i believe recently nerfed but before she was nerfed it was barred she's still, it? she's still really good though yes they never nerfed them to all shit which i i appreciate yeah. that uh but she was meta knight like she was literally from what I understood because Gary was explaining it to me. And then I went on YouTube to watch videos with Gary and the people on YouTube was like, you don't understand how ridiculous this is. This move is yeah. frame one or this grab is a mix up and like a command grab should never be. And it was just like all of these things that made her ridiculous. So she's a not really- only that, if she hits you with this certain move, it nerfed all of your damage by 21 percent for the rest of the game. She only had hit you once, and all your damage gets nerfed by 21%. It's absurd. Yeah, so she was the best character in the fighting game by far, which means, and this is actually great marketing. I think this was smart. She was the best character in the fighting game for a long time, right? And everyone who played the fighting game obviously knows who she is. So then this movie comes out, and there's some just thrown-in lore about this character who you only yeah. know from the video game who was literally premiered in the video game. I thought it was a really, really cool throw in. And I also thought the craziest shit was right next to her on the family tree was Dr. Drew's son is blatantly Android 16. Like that guy, like Android 16 is made after his son, like a hundred yes. per that guy just looks like that, Android dude, 16. What's kind of fucked up. This is like really fucked up, but also it's such an inter- interesting way to deepen Dragon Ball's lore without ever directly throwing it in your face. I think Android 16 is just blatantly Dr. Jerome's son. Like he turned because like he turned his son and his what because we know his wife is Android 21. Yes. Yes. He ends up turning his son and his wife into androids. Like that's how fucked up Dr. Jerome is. Yeah, I really, really like this. I think his son's name is Gevo. I have a I have the video up now. But Vomi, Vomi is the wife, Android 21, I guess. And Gevo, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but uh, Gevo is 16. And I mean, yeah, they are literally the people who you see as androids in the video game and in Dragon Ball Z when Gohan is like, you know, before Gohan snaps and 16's head gets smashed in, like that's who you see is this guy. So it's really cool uh, because I never knew 
I, I don't know. Well, this wasn't no. known before this, right? No, no. This was never known. This And, like, the coolest thing is that you can watch this movie and still not know. It's like Because it, it's not... It happens quick. Like, the family tree happens it does, quick. It does happen quick. So, it's just cool when you recontextualize it. Like, Doc, Dr. Giroux turned his own son into an android built to kill Goku. Like, out of pure... Yeah. You know what I mean? Out of pure revenge. Like, it's pr- it's pretty wild. Yeah, no, this was this was a uh, this was crazy. So anyway, the main premise of this movie, like the main plot line, is that there's this new his grandson, Doctor Hedo, and he is 24 years old. He's a super genius. So they say Doctor Dro's a genius. He's like, well, I'm a super genius, and <laughs> he stole three corpses from a gravesite and turned them into androids, like basic androids that were just working at a convenience store, just to see like how far he could take it. Uh, and he doesn't have the funds really to like do all the things he wants to do, basically create the best androids that the world's ever seen. But I guess we're supposed to be under the impression that this is the best, like, guy in the world at creating androids. So he's better than Dr. Drill. Like, very clearly, these androids are on par with fucking Super Saiyan God-type level, right? Like, they're insane. Like, they're able to fight Gohan and stuff, who was just in a tournament of power. So they're, they scale to higher than dr Dro's android so it's like a feat in itself but dr hedo is broken and he's very young he's a little fat little fat guy getting out of prison and he's really funny i like his character a lot because his character actually isn't an evil one yeah yeah like they make it known very early when he's in a car ride one of my favorite scenes in this movie and honestly i was so this movie held my attention so well for the first like god knows how long before i realized like holy shit Nothing is wrong with this movie. What, what was Twitter talking about? Um, the beginning of this movie, like they start off explaining the family tree of Dr. Jarreau. They explain who Dr. Hedo is. They explain that they're, you know, he's out of prison after three they, months. They tell us who Magenta, Magenta is the son of Commander Red. Commander Red was the commander of the Red Ribbon Army, Dr. Jarreau's mm-hmm. boss. And Magenta Kong right now. Butler dude. Yeah, and Magenta right now is the leader of Red Pharmaceuticals, yeah. which is a front for just the Red <laughs> Ribbon Army. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of uh, lore in there that I, I really just like how oh, these people are still fucking with Goku and his family <laughs> after all of these years. Like, after all that's happened, it's so good. But yeah, there's one of the best scenes to me is the car ride where they're trying to explain and trying to coerce Dr. Hedo into making androids to beat Goku. Like, that is the goal. That is the ultimate goal here. They are, they are saying, that oh, Goku's a villain. You know, he's an alien. And like all of this shit, just like completely changing. Yeah. You see where they history. show like Bulma and everybody as like mafia bosses. Yeah, like Capsule Corp is a a front for the mafia, and they're bringing aliens to Earth to take over. Yeah, and it it's really funny because obviously we know that it's not true, but also there is some truth mixed in there, which I like. That's how you lie well, because they are aliens. Like Goku and Vegeta and them, they are aliens. They're very powerful, and at any point they could take over Earth. And even Doctor Hedo, who's really smart, was like. Why, why haven't they taken over Earth yet? It's like, oh, they're they're just trying to turn us into a labor force. Like they want they want all of the Earthlings to be a fucking labor force for them, and then they're going to have all their friends, all their alien friends, come in and take over. It's like so ridiculous. But yeah, because they realize that Doctor Hedo is obsessed with the idea of superheroes, hence the name of the movie. His whole thing is he's not evil at all, really. Um, but he does like money because he needs money for his research. And he wants to be able to do like, he wants to do his big one. He wants to do it grand. He wants to make these crazy androids that are absurd. He knows about how Cell works. And he even admits in the movie that like Cell was incredibly hard to create. Um, he's different than a regular android like 17 and 18. Cell's on a different level, which I really like that. You know, he just kind of separates Cell from everybody else. Because Cell's actually my favorite Dragon Ball villain. Like I, 
Cell is just my favorite. There's not much else to say about it. I just think that he's so fucking cool. Um, but yes, so Dr. Hedo is being coerced and it gets to a point where he's just like not really feeling it. And Carmine pulls out a gun on him and then Magenta's like, oh, chill out, chill out, chill out. And he's like, you know what? Honestly, I'm going to take you guys up on that offer anyway, like because of the money. And I and, and because you guys said that the, these people are villains, you know, I'm going to make these superhero androids. And so that's what he does. And yeah, it's it's just really good. So just as a quick side note, something that I really enjoyed was the fact that Carmine's car has a dome built just so his pompadour could fit in his car so that he could sit. His car has like an extra dome over it so that his pompadour could fit inside the car. I also like when he threatened Dr. Hedo. Uh, his little bee friend came out of nowhere and he mentioned how if this thing's like stabs a human, like if this thing's a human, it's over for you. Like you're fucking dead. And at no point was he really afraid of a gun because he said that his skin has been modified to reject shocks. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of cool things. I almost was like, oh, is he going to be an android too? But he doesn't appear to be an android. Even at the end of the movie, he still seems to be a human, but he's modified himself, but not full on made himself an android like Dr. Jero did. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth. And then we get to see like Piccolo and Gohan and what they're doing. Gohan is doing the same thing he's always doing. He's basically on some like scholastic type shit. He's, is he, what is his occupation? He's, I believe he's a professor. I was going to uh, say or, that. I, think, I, I feel yeah. like he's a professor. He has his glasses on. He can't, apparently he can't see really well without. Yeah, apparently his eyesight has actually started to degrade and they, they actually comment on Piccolo makes a comment that like, does your eyesight get better when you turn Super Saiyan? Um, yeah. because he wears glasses and then there's a part where he legitimately makes it clear that like he does have trouble seeing but when he turns Super Saiyan he takes his glasses off and everything's fine yeah it's a really interesting thing about him also he looks so different to me like seeing adult Gohan not in battle mode is just that he looks so different the way they draw him and everything yeah. but even before that there are scenes where Piccolo is training his daughter Pan oh my god this was the cutest shit ever she's only three years old bro Dude, for, yeah, she's only three. Pan is so fucking cute. Pan and Piccolo training was the like I my fucking heart melted. She's man. wearing I a, was a, Videl's, so invested. a whole outfit, but like a cheap yeah. version of it. She has Videl's hairstyle, and she's sad because she doesn't know how to fly yet, and yeah. she tries really hard to learn how to fly. And it's like, yeah, you got to control your key and everything. Um, and then she makes a comment about, hey, Mister Piccolo, like, is it true that my dad? has the potential to be stronger than, than my grandpa. And he's like, you mean Goku? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, technically, yes. Like, he actually is more powerful than your than your grandpa if he works at it, if he trains. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but your dad doesn't really train. And, and the good thing is he doesn't really have to because Goku and Vegeta exist. <laughs> so if anything were ever to happen, Goku and Vegeta are always going to be there to stop it from going wrong, stop things from going south. And uh, right after that, they show Piccolo just kind of meditating and meditating in the middle of nowhere. And a random fucking guy comes out of nowhere and attacks him. And it's actually one of the androids that Dr. Hedo has already successfully created. And they're called Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. This was Gamma 2 that attacked him, I believe, right? Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. Yeah, Gamma 2 attacked. Yes. So this guy has, is a whole character. Kind of reminds me of Goku. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he also... Was he wearing the reddish color, like the orange reddish color? Was that the Gamma 2 wears... Gamma 2 wears blue. Okay. Gamma one wears red. They have very distinct personalities too. Like one of them is more serious, kind of reminds me of Vegeta, and the other one yeah. is less serious and reminds me of Goku. I, I feel like that's got to be on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely intentional. 
Um, they also what's cool is that they swap the colors. Like the the playful one wears blue, Vegeta wears blue, and he's serious. And the serious one wears red, and Goku is like more represented by red. Yep. And so I, I like I like all of those little details that they throw in. I think these androids actually look cool too. Like the gamma, they look all. Not only do they look awesome, I legitimately in the one hour and thirty minute runtime, whatever it is, I really like these characters. Same. Like I really like Gamma One and Two. I do because they're actually innocent. They're not. They they're not like outrageously cocky and weird and and just like evil for the sake of being evil like some villains can be. They're genuinely heroes. Like they think that they're yeah. doing the right thing and they're looking at the the Z fighters, the whole group of them as villains. So from their perspective, they're just doing the right thing. And I like when they fight, like that first fight with Piccolo. As they're fighting, Piccolo says, "Where the fuck are those words coming from?" Because every time yeah. they attack, <laughs> it's like kaboom and yowie and stuff, like all types of cr- fucking crazy shit coming up on the screen. And those Piccolo's big thrown off. He's like, "Why can I see his sound effects?" <laughs> like, what's going on? And they have these little pistols. They have these little pistols, and they shoot them, and that's where their Kai blasts come from. So they don't do Kamehameha's or Masenko's or special beam cannons in the conventional sense of putting your hands together and doing it. They fire their blast out of their little guns, which is a cool little thing. Their, their uniforms remind me of something else, though, Kenny. I can't put my finger on it, but when I look at the way these guys are dressed, it reminds me of some other classic Japanese anime. And I, I know that like I've seen these images of these characters before, they're modeled after something, though. They're inspired like, by something. Probably like Common Rider or something. Yeah, the, the little gun, too. They're definitely inspired by something in Toriyama's like childhood, I'm guessing. Or, or like yeah. in, the, in the old days of anime, the early days of anime, like 80s anime vibes. Uh, but yeah, they look really cool. Piccolo has a fight, and Piccolo notices immediately, like, this guy's fucking strong as shit. And basically, yeah. he can't beat him as he is currently, so... He puts a lot together, too. He's like... He just very quickly is like, oh, I can't reach your energy. You're an android. Oh, you're this, you're that. Oh, you're this. And like, he puts like the whole shit together. The android is, is also shocked by this. He's like, holy shit, you figured all of that out already. <laughs> and Piccolo at no point is he like, he doesn't get beat up real bad or anything like that. He doesn't go crazy like, oh God, I need to get out of here or else I'm going to die. But the fight kind of concludes where the android believes, Gamma believes that he kills Piccolo. And obviously he didn't. He didn't check for the body or anything like that. He assumed that the explosion just killed him. And so he leaves preemptively and Piccolo was like, all right, well, I guess he just an idiot. Like he didn't really check that if I was dead. So Piccolo goes to see Dende about unlocking his potential as something that, and they actually show a screenshot well, of it. I, before right? he goes to Dende, right? Doesn't he actually, he follows Gamma 2 all the way back into the Red Ribbon base, right? He does that before seeing Dende. I, I think. think so. You might be right. I think yeah. he does follow. Yeah, he, he follows fucking, him. He poses. Get- we get the silliest, like, Metal Gear Solid Piccolo. Yeah. It is so silly. Like, <laughs> By the way, I want that costume to be a costume for his in a fighting game. Yes. Yeah, me too. I it's like, so dumb. I, when I was, want it. When he was in that uniform, I actually want to see him in that uniform in the fighting game. Because he, at the end of the movie, he, before he fights in it, at the end, he takes it off. He just kind of, like, literally breathes, and that shit just goes away. <laughs> but I, I genuinely like the way it looked without the helmet on. Yeah, he uh, he was dope, and it was funny. There's a part because he's sneaking in, and he's you know he's got the visor up. Yeah, and there's a part where um, like one of the other guys sees him, and he's like, "Hey, you okay?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I just had to go to the bathroom." And he's like, "Oh, you're looking a little green." And he's like, "Oh," and he like puts his visor <laughs> down. Yeah, it's silly. I love the the Dragon Ball comedy is actually so good to me. Like, I genuinely think it's 
there are scenes where I just laugh. Like, they're just funny to me. And so while he's in the room with Magenta and Hedo and everybody and a, a bunch of the other foot soldiers, he's listening in on a conversation about what they plan to do. He realizes that the situation is actually extremely bad and that something needs to be done. So he does, he, he reaches out to Dende, but he also goes to Bulma at one point to like contact Goku and Vegeta because this shit is real. And he's like, yo, these androids are on par. Like they're stronger than me, which means that they're definitely going to be a challenge for Goku and Vegeta to some degree. So he's like, well, let's just call them back home. And they, they give us a little flash of what they're doing. So they're on, I guess, Beerus's planet. Like they're, yes. on some, they're on some planet. And much to my fucking surprise, Broly's there. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I just wasn't ready for Broly to be casually and, and calmly looking at those two spar. At first, Broly was part of it. And then they were like, well, no, we don't want, we don't want him involved in this because he can't chill. So they make Broly sit out and like, he's all sad about it. Like Broly has to sit on the fucking sidelines. He's really sad. And Goku and Vegeta just like sparring and trying to get better. And uh, I was just surprised to see that Broly is now going to be, I guess, because this movie is considered canon. Broly's going to be a part of the Dragon Ball yeah. Super universe as a good guy, which I'm really happy about. It's they they did a lot with Broly's character in the last movie and and then in this movie. And then I thought it was funny bringing like Chi-Lai there, the green girl. And then... <laughs> Beerus oh, just Beerus having a crush on her. Blatantly. Yo, that way, like, it's so simple, but the way they delivered the comedy in this movie was really good. Yeah, so she's stealing, right? And <laughs> as she's stealing, she gets caught, kinda, and Beerus looks over, and he's like, you're... And he stops for a minute. And then out of nowhere, he just goes, really cute. <laughs> and everybody is blown the fuck away by that. Like, everybody, Goku, Vegeta, Whis, everybody's just like, yo, I didn't know you could be so candid about something like that. Like, he blatantly just says, like, you're really cute. And then they bring up something about, like, he, he's like, oh, you guys are going to stay here and eat ice cream with me. And uh, so they go get ice. She, she offers to go get the ice cream. And he's like, I'll come with you. He's like, oh, I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm Beerus like, yeah, has got the not, hots. Not Beerus blatantly having the hots for this girl. Not the god of destruction. So I was like, damn, is Beerus going to have a kid? Like, that's going to be so fire. Oh, uh, shit. There's been a lot of discussion based on what's been happening in the manga. A lot of people know about, like, Black Freeze and all that stuff. And I am wondering if, because people are trying to say like, oh, Freeze is probably over Beerus now, which I don't believe. I personally think that Beerus may have a transformation. And the more I was staring at him in this movie, I was like, Beerus's stature, just it looks like something that could evolve. And I would not be surprised at all if Beerus actually does have some other form or some kind of power up. Because I just think it's silly to assume that any of the people on Earth or around Earth are on Beerus's level at any point. Like, I know that there's all kinds of stuff where it's like, oh, shit, Goku knows Ultra Instinct. He may, he may even be better yeah, at it but... than I am. I don't think that Goku or Vegeta or any of them are on his level yet. And I don't know where people are, are getting that from. They're not. And here's here's the, the true, like, like p- part of it. Even if they somehow, like, were stronger than him, he can still just Hakai them. Yes. Which, I mean which is destroy and it's kind of just like a hacks ability. Like he just destroys, yeah. like they don't exist anymore. But I am of the belief that in context to the story that Beerus is actually stronger than him at all times. Same. Same. I don't, I, think, I don't think that there's any indication of Beerus being weaker than Goku, Vegeta, Freeze, or any of these people. I think that the Dragon Balls can make you so strong. They cannot make you God of Destruction strong. Um, they can't make you Angel strong. And that's been stated. And I don't know. I just think it's, I just wanted to address that 
real quick because it's been a really big conversation. I see it come up on a lot of Facebook pages that I follow. These yeah, arguments. I, I think something needs to be real clear. In Dragon Ball, you'll know when Goku's stronger than Beerus because they'll fight. Like, they'll build it up and they'll have a fight. And yep, I if Goku, like, until they officially show, because the last time they showed Beerus fight, he won. And until yeah, they show that they're anywhere near all of his power. And yeah, until they show the rematch, just assume Goku's not stronger. Though, yeah, because he's just not. Beerus doesn't even seem to be slightly threatened or jealous. <laughs> of them at all either when they're sparring and trying to understand how to become better fighters beerus is watching this eating ice cream and he's just <laughs> he's i'm to be honest he's not impressed like i'm gonna just call it what it is beerus he's asleep he, he falls asleep watching it's not that's what i'm saying in context of the story beerus is just not at all afraid of them so i just want to now that we're talking about the whole like beerus and brawley's there and everybody like, yes, Brawly's very scary. Don't get me wrong. Like, Brawly is fucking terrifying. Even Goku and Vegeta are like, he's on a different level than us. Like, they they acknowledge that whatever the fuck Brawly's transformation is called, that legendary Super Saiyan shit, like, he's on a different level than Goku and Vegeta. That's just, it is what it is. Like, separately, they, they had to fuse to, to deal with that man. They really did. It's pretty wild. It's it's also really interesting that they are, that Brawly has, is becoming part of the group. And so there is technically a character that is stronger than both Goku and Vegeta yeah. that is part of the group right now, which is like, it's just really interesting. Yeah, he's the Hulk. So the matter, and, and, and I think he also is probably inspired by, actually, no, he is inspired by the Hulk. It's very clear. Uh, everything about him is green. If you ever think about it, like all his blasts and stuff are green. He gets really, but he goes from a very calm guy, right? Like a Steve Bannon or whatever his name is, Steve Banner. And he goes from uh, a very calm guy to being like a monstrously huge raging uh green lunatic like his blasts are all green and everything like that and he he gets stronger as he gets madder yep. like the more he gets mad the, the angrier he gets the stronger he gets which is really exactly from the hawk and the hawk came out way before uh dragon ball was ever even thought up so you could actually see the inspiration there which is really cool uh, but I just really like his character. And they show as he's about to fight Goku, he's like, wait, wait, wait. He starts, he starts powering up and, and green energy starts to well up and the island starts to get fucking shaken and everything. Shit starts to get destroyed. Goku's like, yo, how many times I got to tell you to hold it in? <laughs> like, relax. Like, we're just, we're just practicing, bro. Yes. Like, And then Brawly gets all set. He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's really good, though. Goku genuinely was like, yo, chill. Because once you get like that, we're going to need one of them two over there to step in. And then they like, they show flashes of Jiren just to kind of show you how absurd Broly is. They start alluding to like Jiren's power and the yeah. gods of destruction and shit like that. So they're, they're blat the, the movie blatantly is comparing Broly's strength to like upper level people like that, which yep. I, you know, that's really good too. Narratively. Yeah, um, he's, He's broken. Also, just on the, I mean, obviously, because Whis is above Beerus. But you want to talk about another person who gives no fucks and is not impressed. You want to talk about unbothered? <laughs> you want to talk about living his unbothered, happy gay life? That man is living his unbothered, happy gay life. All he likes to do is eat dessert, something that I also am very fond of. I, like, it's, it's absurd to me how Whis has not been shaken up by anything that's happened so far in the entire series. Like, in any of Dragon Ball Super's canon, has Whis been shaken up even a little bit? 
Oh, man. My man has been... Com- the actual Earth got destroyed by Frieza, and he just stepped in and was like, I'm just going to reverse time. It's not a big deal. Like, what the fuck? The type he's, of hack shit is that he has control over time? Like, that's wild. Yeah, he's fucked up. But even this little sparring match between Goku and Vegeta, I think, looked fantastic. The animation on it is really, really good. And they're going I, back and forth. I'll bring... So I'll bring it up now. We haven't mentioned it yet, really. But uh, the whole animation style of this movie, I enjoyed a lot. Yeah. It's not traditionally animated. Um, it's now, like... Lots of CG and, like... Yeah, it looks like, you know... I don't it know kind what of, to call this. It looks like a video game. I don't it know. does it look like a video game. But it looks really good. And I was worried about that going into it, like whether or not it would bother me. But as I was watching it, I was like, holy shit, like they're pulling this the fuck off. Yeah, I think it's very well done, actually. I honestly have no gripes with the way it looks. I actually haven't seen much online about people talking one way or the other about how it looks. But uh, that that might be a good thing because I don't see any complaints. I would expect to see complaints when things change. People just hate on it. Like One Punch Man season two, they just think that the animation is terrible. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys watched. And it's just not like I get that it's not season one, but it's also just not bad. And like y'all are just out here capping because the internet told you to not like something, which you know we talked about that in one of our recent episodes. Like stop just following the internet. When the internet doesn't like something, that doesn't mean that you have to jump on the ship and also not like it too. It's ridiculous. But yes, this internet is good. Way. Goku Vegeta training, uh, and the whole point of this is that they're unreachable, right? Like they're yeah. They're sparring and they're not going to come to save the day from these androids and the Red Ribbon Army and like this whole thing that's happening on Earth. So, someone Which is else. Awesome. Is- it's awesome that we got a full movie where like they've just explained like Goku and Vegeta are busy and because of, you know, Beerus's crush and ice cream, they end up not being able to be reached. But it, it makes it really cool because Goku and Vegeta can't come save the day. This movie yes. has to get solved with other people. Yeah, I do like that too. It gives other people a, time, a chance to shine. So one of the biggest gripes with a lot of good shonen anime is when you have main characters, right? They're the main character for a reason, and we do want to see a lot of them. But it gets to a point where the side characters who people also fall in love with don't get developed anymore at all. And it's a it's a crime. And I think Naruto Shippuden is the biggest uh, criminal in in that act. It's just, you have these amazing characters like Rock Lee and Gaara and Neji and shino and you know you get the idea and they're just kind of thrown away in the second series and she put it in naruto based naruto the series they're really well developed and and neji was one of my favorite characters like he was genuinely one of my neji and rock lee two of my favorite characters when i was growing up watching naruto and then you get the she put in i can't tell you two things that rock lee did in all of she put in he doesn't do anything he doesn't do a single thing like he genuinely has the one i think the first time you see him fight he loses to Kasama. He gets put into like one of those fucking water prisons and guy goes six gates, uh, morning peacock and yeah. then releases everybody. But like, he doesn't do anything. He loses every in Shippuden, and he loses every fight he has. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. And like Neji gets killed, but before Neji gets killed, he doesn't do anything either in the yeah. entire series. So it's just, my whole point is like, I like that this movie was made where it's designed to blatantly show off Goten, Trunks, Piccolo, Gohan, like Pan, characters who normally we don't get to see do a whole lot in other areas, but now they are the main focus. So that was nice. You get Goku and Vegeta, right? You get Goku, Vegeta, and Broly, and it's, a, it's only a little blurb of the movie, and then you go right back to Earth. Piccolo's like, I gotta go talk to Dende, I gotta release my potential, I gotta get the Dragon Balls, I gotta make a wish to get stronger, stuff like that. And yeah, I think that that whole thing is really cool. Dende's like, listen, I can't do that unlock potential shit because you gotta be an old man to do that. Yeah. And I like how they give a little flashback to the original series of Dragon Ball Z 
or not the original series, but Dragon Ball Z, where they show Krillin and Gohan getting their potential unlocked by the Namekian. Yep. Um, also, episodes in actual Dragon Ball Z, by the way. When they so then they reveal that like you know he can use Shenron to like unlock his potential. So they get the Dragon Balls, and then you re- you find out that Bulma's been collecting the Dragon Balls over and over again to like <laughs> get a butt lift. Like she she blatantly says, Take "Make my." The- Make she says like make my buns look like they were in college. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's cool? Something I thought about too, because Goku and Vegeta don't really age, but uh, obviously their human counterparts do. And I was wondering how they were going to deal with them getting super old. Uh, but it seems like I, I often forget that this is Dragon Ball, and there's Dragon Balls for a reason where you can make a wish. She can keep herself looking young forever. Yeah, like Bulma can. She clearly is. She's doing that. So, like when you when her art hasn't changed, it's like, well, she's been using the Dragon Balls over and over to take. Now, granted, she could just cut the middleman out altogether and just say, "I wish for immortality," and she will just be that way forever. I don't know why she hasn't done that yet. Maybe she values dying. But like, it's interesting to me that she's been using it for these really weird wishes, like remove my crow's feet and. Make my butt bigger and stuff like that. And there's all this kind of fan service with her looking for the, uh, the communicator. Yeah. Like she, they blatantly show her bending over her ash uh. and stuff like that. You know, you get Dragon Ball is always going to give you some fan service. What's funny is like, so it's one of those things that I think America would view. So basically, they do like fan service, right? They show you her ass a lot in this movie, but I feel like it's all like the whole time Akira Toriyama is laughing to himself. Because I feel like they show her ass all those times just to set up the joke that she's been making her ass look nicer using the Dragon Balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Like, the point isn't necessarily to be horny. It's just, like, to make you laugh. Like, yeah. it's really funny. And it works. And I like that the dragon has a personality. Like, <laughs> when she makes these ridiculous wishes, make my eyelashes two millimeters, like, longer... The dragon's like, sure. <laughs> He's just like, all right, I can do that. Uh, but yeah, so Piccolo wishes that he gets his potential unlocked. And we don't really know what that means at the time. But no, we don't. Later on, the next time he gets into a brawl, it's fucking wild. Like, that orange Piccolo version that he goes into is Yo, crazy. so I don't know if you peeped it at first. I'm wa- So to skip ahead... He's getting, he's fighting Gamma 2 again, and he's like, it's not going to go like last time, and they're fighting, and during the fight, kind of without Piccolo doing anything, his skin started to turn yellow, yeah. and I was like, because, you know, he's green, and his skin was like yellow, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why is his skin like yellow? Yeah, it has, and like tint, it, it has a tint to it. Yeah, like a, and it was a, like... A noticeable change. And it was happening kind of gradually, and then it, all at once, he like got buff as fuck and turned orange. And his eyes but, became like red. Yeah, and uh, and he got very stoic, very <laughs> just calm, and and did not move. He became statuesque. Yeah, I was like, he what became the fuck? nasty. Yo. Yeah, so that was cool, and he didn't even really realize that he changed, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I I think that's really cool. I like his transformation, and I'm gonna just say this: when I was, if you listen to our Dragon Ball Z episode, it's one of the first one of the first time we ever did for this podcast. Um, you'll remember that Piccolo was one of the characters. Seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Seven Dragon Balls. So Piccolo is one of my favorite characters because that's who I was basically given to by my best friend at the time. He was like, you're you're going to be Piccolo. 
I think he chose Vegeta or something like that for himself, who he said wasn't in the show at the time. Whatever it was, I was Piccolo. So I naturally liked Piccolo. And Piccolo gave me a lot to root for because especially when Cannon was fire. But then also, no pun intended there, and also when you get to Namek and he fuses with uh, Nail, is his name? Yeah, he fuses with him and he starts fighting Frieza. And he's like, I'm going to show you the power of the Namekians. And he gets like this fucking red energy that looks like fire kind of around him. And he starts beating up Frieza's second form, power level over 1 million, that episode. Like that transformation, that that energy, and then he starts glowing like this white color. Like Piccolo is literally glowing fucking white. Like he's outlined in white. I, I remember the episode so well. And he beats the shit out of that Frieza. And then obviously Frieza transforms to that nasty alien resurrection, long headed version. Yeah. A little two poke thing. But before that, Piccolo had a great moment to shine. And so I always like when Piccolo gets a power up. It is one of my favorite things in Dragon Ball's like legacy is just Piccolo's power ups are so cool to me. Obviously, we go up for the Saiyan ones. The Saiyan ones are crazy. I still think Ultra Instinct is the best thing I've ever seen. But like yeah. outside of things like that, I, I love Piccolo's uh, upgrades every time. So this was also just like, holy shit, Piccolo, the next tournament of power, Piccolo's going to be yeah. on some shit. Piccolo, Piccolo came up i also liked how they were calling him king piccolo and he was like you know that's not me anymore yes which is you know true but it's just it was interesting they were doing some interesting things i want to touch on something real quick i like how a part of the plot of the movie was like piccolo basically letting the bad guys do it he was like oh this is a good opportunity for gohan to get serious again yeah and so piccolo aids and kidnapping gohan's daughter yes, which is so fucking wild <laughs> piccolo and his his red ribbon army costume, right? He got his helmet on and everything. He kid, he helps the kidnapping pan. Who honestly, she recognizes him immediately. Yo, I thought that was so cool. Like she goes first, she sees like the big buff guy, and he's like, "Hey, little lady, I've been sent here to pick up Pan." And, <laughs> and she hits and Pan's like, she just fucks and Pan's like, up I don't so know quick. him, and just knocks him clean yes. the fuck out. And then she looks at the other guy. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, hey, Mister Piccolo," and she's like. And she's like, oh, wow, like, she recognizes me, like, even with all of the uh, the costumes on, like, she recognizes my energy, which is, like, a pretty cool feat for Pan, which then gets played up to how much Gohan, like, hasn't been training, because later Gohan on, when they recognize him. when they go to threaten Gohan, Gohan doesn't recognize Piccolo, and Piccolo's like, are you kidding me? He doesn't recognize me? Yeah. I wonder what they're, they're I think that's going to be revisited. I wonder what they're yeah. trying to say about I, I think I think part of it is like what you said, that he's a little out of practice or whatever. I think they're also saying that his daughter is a high sensory type or some shit. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it could be also maybe it's uh, maybe it's two things, because I think one is the fact that, like, didn't recognize the energy. Maybe he wasn't even really looking for energy. Yeah. But also, two at that time, we didn't get the confirmation that Gohan's eyesight actually is bad. So maybe that's also on top of it, because, like. At that time, we didn't actually know that Gohan's eyesight sucks. But Pan knew him from without without from energy. Yeah, yeah. She even like they specifically mentioned. Yeah, I could tell by your key. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. But so, also, I thought it was funny when the guy points a gun at Gohan and he's like, "Boop!" All right. Anyway, move on. Yeah. Like he just he's no. like, "All right, really." He's like, "I got work to do." The guy points a gun at him. He's like, "All right, enough of that." He's like, "Yo, like." <laughs> In context, that is so wild to me to, to smack a gun out of somebody's hand who has a point at your head. That is such a wild, like, 
thinking about it from a human perspective, that is one of the wildest things I've ever seen. That shit had me dying. Not only is it funny when they just like threaten him, like, yo, you're gonna come with us and all this other stuff. He's like, hey, I can't do that. I have stuff to do. He's like, all right, bye. And he like closed the door, whatever on their face. It just reminds me of Looney Tunes. Like, we don't want any. And they just closed the door immediately. It yeah. was given very much that Looney Tune vibe of like, we don't want any. Somebody knocks on the door, they open it, and you close it in their face. It was that vibe. And then when a guy pulls the gun, I was like, yo, I'm serious. And he looks at him, and he looks at him, doesn't say anything, and is completely indifferent, and then smacks the gun away. And it makes this toy sound when it falls on the ground. Yo, I have tears in my eyes right now. It, it makes crying. this fucking toy sound. Remember the sound of when it fell on the ground? It sounded so yes. fucking childish. I was like, yo. That is insane. And the way Gohan's looking at him, he's like, all right, bye. And like, he just goes back to like doing what he was doing. Oh my God. He didn't dude, hurt Gohan, that guy or anything. He gave not a single fuck. Yes. So then they and obviously then, what they do. Yeah. And then they showed him the video of Pan. Also, how fucking cute was it? Piccolo's like, listen, Pan, you got to pretend that you're upset and like it's going to be really fun and you got to. And then so like when they show the video and Pan's like, oh my God, please help me. And she's yeah. like in the handcuffs and Piccolo's like, I'm going to put these handcuffs on you, but you know, you can break out whenever the fuck you want. Yeah, whenever you want. <laughs> oh, that was and so good. Gohan immediately though, sees his daughter in the video and like just goes fucking super saiyan. I and he's love like, that scene. It's one of the coolest scenes in the movie is he just starts powering up. And as he gets angrier, the crater in the ground keeps growing until it sinks his house. Yes. His house yes. is literally tilted because he's fucking tilted. I thought that was a really, really cool scene too. And they change his art style immediately when he does that. So he mm -hmm. goes from, it's, it's that one punch man effect where he looks very childish and not like a real person at all. They even draw his eyes as little dots. His eyes are little <laughs> dots. When he's not serious, when he's in professor mode and he has his glasses on mind, you pick a little, put the, uh, the Namekian outfit on him. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's still wearing a weighted clothing that Piccolo gives him in the base, like in Naruto, in, not Naruto, in Dragon Ball Z. He's still wearing a weighted clothing that we know him for. And he answers the door. He has like the glasses on. His eyes are literally little tiny dots. It's, it's so cute and adorable. Like he looks so innocent. But, like <laughs> he's just not a real person. He smacks the gun. He smacks the gun away with one finger, by the way. Yes. Dude, it is so good. And then, yeah, when he gets fucking angry, it's so dope, like, how serious he fucking yeah. gets. They just change and the way they draw him. I love that. They end up, he, they, like, fly to the Red Ribbon base, and then, like, I think he, like, senses Pan's energy, or he sees her, and then he just flies through the fucking plane yeah. and, like, destroys the, the helicopter or whatever the fuck it is, and, like, immediately shit starts, and he, he goes to try to fucking get to Pan, but then Gamma 1 uh, stops him. Yes. So I like Gamma One starts to fight off, literally running at him. I, I like base fighting like that, where it doesn't immediately get off to like, you know, because they can fly, right? And that's yeah. obviously where the fight is going to take itself eventually. But I like that he runs at him. He does like a, like an actual run and they show yeah. him because it's raining too. So when he runs at him, you see yes. the rain being pushed. It looks really cool. The animation on this was actually done awesome. really, really well. But they start fighting and they're fighting on the ground at first before it goes into the air. And, like, it gets, you know, it gets crazy. But, like, yeah. Gamma 1 has a dynamic entry type move that he does. Like, this crazy-ass kick where he glows orange and red. And he looks like he's covered in fire. And he comes in and kicks Gohan, who just blocks it and puts a crater in the ground. And they, they genuinely go at it. Piccolo could step in at any moment. He decides to literally just watch. Him yeah. and Pan are just watching. Dude, not even just watching, they're rumbling, and then Piccolo starts to realize that Gohan's starting to lose, Yeah, and then Piccolo goes like, alright, Pan, pretend I'm hurting you, and he yeah. picks up Pan and starts, like, pretending he's hurting her, 
and like Piccolo was being wild in this fucking I movie, it. yo. I love it because you know what Piccolo. People always joke about how Piccolo's Gohan's real father, right? And there's yeah. some to that. He knows that guy. Like he knows this he kid does. very, very Listen, well. Gohan's going like Super Saiyan and stuff, and they're rumbling. And then when he sees Pan like getting hurt in quotes, and he powers up and he goes like Ultimate Gohan. I literally stood up in the theater. Like, I stood the fuck up. Like, when I, when he went and the fucking, like, the electricity and his hair went black again, yeah. and he was, like, in that ultimate Gohan form, I was losing it. I like that part a lot. I mean, the action of this movie is just really, really well done. Uh, you will get no complaints about about that from me. I think that the Gamma, the androids, they actually look so cool to me. I was expecting, because they mentioned Cell Max, so I was like, oh god, is it going to be like a full repeat where he absorbs them and then becomes yeah, yeah. perfect? Because when you see him, he's in stage two of Cell. Yes. So I was wondering if like, oh god, is this going to be a repeat where somehow he gets to absorb those two androids and he becomes a I, perfect I kind of thought the same thing, because to jump ahead, when when eventually we do see Cell Max, he's I didn't realize how fucking huge he was going to be. He's gigantic, and I thought that something was going to happen either when they cracked his skull, it actually was going to like com- condense his energy, or he was going to absorb them. I thought he was going to become like perfect Cell Max, and then like shrink down and be the same size as them. Yeah, that didn't happen, but yeah. So they're fighting. Gohan gets his power up, uh, and this is where Piccolo gets his power up, and Piccolo was just beating the Gamma's ass at that point. Like you know, another thing I like about Piccolo is that he has telekinetic powers. He can just, there's like rocks that get blasted away and they're behind him and he just makes them stop. And then he makes them form into a giant fucking boulder and he just throws it at the gamma. It's really cool that he just, some of the things I forgot that are special about Namek is like he can stretch and that's something that we'll always remember. But like stretching is one of the things that he could do. Regrowing limbs is a thing that he can do. Telekinesis is really cool. Like he just has all these powers that other people don't have. I know Frieza does. Like a lot of other people don't have. And I like that they actually showed those things off in this movie. Uh, I also, I I did enjoy like in this poster, for example, you know, Krillin, Goten and Trunks show up in Android 18. And I just want to point out, because I've been looking at it the whole time. This is a really random side note, but if you look at the poster for Dragon Ball Super, if you're listening to this, if you look it up, there's Krillin is standing there. And then Android 18 is like standing on Krillin's hand. Yes. And something about it is so cute to me. Like he's like holding his wife up and she's just up there like a, like a fucking boss. I don't know. It's fucking it's a pretty dope little pose there, but I like that they brought everybody in. And as we know, Goku and Vegeta never show up. Um, and they trolled me though. Like I thought I was finally going to get to see teenager go tanks, but they fuck up the fusion and he just turns fat. Yeah. Which we've already seen before. And I thought that was really cool. They're saving that for a more epic moment, which I'm not yeah. opposed to because this movie already has enough transformations and epicness with yeah, yeah. them getting that. But I do like the way go tanks and uh, trunks look as teenagers now. Yes, I like it. I also like how they explained, and this is something that's interesting because people were calling it a plot hole in Dragon Ball Super. And if you watch original Dragon Ball, you would realize that it's not. Um, Goten and Trump, Dragon Ball Super takes place in the 10 years between the, the, before the last chapter of DBZ. There's a 10 year time skip on the last chapter of DBZ. The last chapter of DBZ, we see Pan and she's four years old and they go to the tournament. Um, and then Goten and Trunks are, like, older. They look like teenagers in that chapter. But as we're watching Dragon Ball Super, it's, like, progressing, and we're getting closer and closer to the 10 years passing, and Goten and Trunks still look little. And in this movie, they look like teenagers. And they're like, holy shit, you guys grow quick. And then, you know, somebody, I think Gohan, somebody explains, like, you know, Saiyans stay really small for a long time, and then suddenly they hit a growth spurt. 
which sounds like a deus ex machina, like they just wrote it off. But that's actually happened in Dragon Ball. In original Dragon Ball, Goku was like this little, like he was this little tiny thing. And then he goes away for like one year to train with Kami. And when he comes back, he's taller than Bulma. And like Bulma doesn't, like nobody even recognizes him at first because like, he fucking turns into a goddamn adult. Like, he just gets huge as shit out of nowhere. So it is, like, in the canon of Dragon Ball for that to be accurate. But when people were looking at Super, they were like, oh, it doesn't make sense that they didn't grow up yet. But anyway, I just want yeah, to throw that out. I do like that. So uh, they realize as they're fighting Gohan and Piccolo and losing <laughs> that, uh, that... that Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That I they're, think on you're the wrong side. they're on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. realize blatantly... They're on the wrong fucking side because they start going after like a little girl and stuff like that. And it's like, yo, that's not, we don't do that. Yep. Like, that's a bit. And even, even when, like, even before, like, they were against it from the gate. And like, you see the conflict when, when Gamma wants fighting Gohan and calling him the villain. Gohan's like, you guys kidnapped my daughter. Yeah. And he was like, that wasn't part of my plan. Like, Gamma wants, like, you know, I didn't want to do that, but we needed to do it to get you guys here. And then, like, yeah. as they're fighting, and you can see a conflict, like, there's a part where Gamma, too, I think, like, grabs his head, and he's like, like, they're legitimately conflicted. Like, what the fuck is, yeah, are, are we the villains? Which is really cool for androids. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, they're questioning their actual morality. So, the way they were programmed by Dr. Hedo was genuine. Like, he's not bullshitting when he said, I'm, he's really not a villain. Like, he's not evil in a, in a conventional sense of the word. Uh, but, he, you know, he's willing to do what he has to do to, uh, procured this money that magenta has but yes they start losing and they eventually get convinced like yo you guys are on the wrong side they realize it too but then at the same time magenta runs off and he's like fuck it i'm gonna activate cell max because i'm not dealing with this like yeah. i'm gonna just wipe all you guys out you're all full of shit dr Hedo heads uh behind them to try to stop him. like no because cell max isn't ready he let it be known at some point in the movie that that cell requires a bit more than those androids did and he's not ready. And if you try to activate him now, like he will be uncontrollable, which obviously, you know, that was going to be the whole thing, right? <laughs> there was no way they were going to be like, oh, Cell, do this. And Cell was just going to do that. So they're explaining, like, it would be a bad idea to activate Cell. So Dr. Hedo follows behind him. And when he does, Magenta shoots him. And if you forgot in the beginning of the movie, he already mentioned how I wasn't really afraid of that gun anyway, because I yeah. modified my skin to be opposed to like bullets and stuff like that. They don't really hurt me. And then again, another callback from the beginning of the movie, the B that he gen genetically modified, comes out of nowhere, stabs Magenta in the neck, puts him out of commission, but Cell Yo, Max has already been... And you start seeing it, like, like he his skin starts, to, like, green, like, he started to look like a zombie. Like, yeah, he was dying. Like, he died. Yeah, my man looks like fucking Frankenstein. It looks real bad, actually. Like, he's going out bad. He's, like, dying <laughs> in the background, and you just see Dr. Hedo thinking in the foreground like it's it's actually a crazy scene my man's choking and shit dying it's like joffrey when joffrey was dying everyone at his wedding was just staring at him not doing a yeah. single thing about it yeah my man is fully choking like literally that uh but yeah he does succeed in activating cell max and so here is my biggest disappointment in the movie right it's, it's the very end so i loved everything up until this point i have this is like a really big problem for me Okay. Cell is my favorite villain in all of Dragon Ball. Like I think, yeah, yeah. I think I, I said it when Jiren was first announced on the internet. I made this in the podcast. Jiren is corny to me. He's just outrageously strong for no reason, without enough development from the be that way. Uh, yeah. I didn't see him absorb anybody to get that way. He's just outrageously fucking strong, and I hate when people come out of nowhere and are just like that, right? Unless yep. they have enough development to make it like, okay, I can accept this. Jiren came out of nowhere. Cell. So, there's a whole arc of him just 
getting slowly stronger by going through cities and towns and absorbing humans, going on to fucking news, absorbing humans, like absorbing androids, fighting Vegeta, Vegeta allowing him to get stronger, all type stuff. Cell has this whole arc where he gets stronger. So I'm fine with that. And then also Cell also learns as he fights you. Right? Yep. Like he learns things as he fights, which is insane. Anyway, they start off this Cell by having him be Cell version 2. The ugly version. Of, that's like the ugly, nasty lip version of Cell. I hate that Cell. He's so corny looking. And when he first came in the anime and like Dragon Ball Z, I, I really didn't like that one. I actually prefer version 1 to version 2. And then obviously version 3, like Perfect Cell, is just the best. Yeah, Perfect Cell is so clean. So they made Cell into this gigantic Hulk version of himself. In the version two form, not perfect cell. That's one problem I have. But the other problem I have is that he isn't even a person. Like he has Yeah, yeah. He's just a monster. He has no personality whatsoever. And I was so hyped to see Cell again with the personality that Cell would have, or like some semblance. Because you gotta remember, Cell is a combination of like Frieza, the Saiyans, the Namekians. So he has this cocky ass personality. He's very Saiyan at heart. And he's very devious, like Frieza is at heart. And that is a key reason why I actually like the character of Cell. He always points to his the nucleus in his head and like yeah, he's yeah. always reminding like that wouldn't kill me or do, like he lets you do stuff to him. And he plays with you and shit like that. Um, I remember when he first transformed, you see like Vegeta trying to attack him and he's Krillin and him are literally trying to fight him. And he's looking at his hands the entire time when they're trying to fight him. It's such a cocky thing. And then when he finally starts to speak, he tells Vegeta that this is a warm-up. And after Vegeta is exasperated and did Final Flash, and he completely heals himself from it, he says, I told you, this is a warm-up. And then he, like, fucking kicks... You know, Vegeta always gets a really bad kick in every... Against every villain. They always give him a bad kick to the side. So he gets really... He gets fucked up like he always does. But Cell talks shit. And later on, when Cell starts getting beat by the pumped up version of Trunks and all that, like Trunks is whooping his ass because he's hyperbolic time chamber is all strong and shit now. And he's like, yeah, you can beat me as is, but like I can go to a like you're you're huge and you're stronger than me for real. Like you really are stronger than me, but I can go to a version of myself where you can't touch me because I'll be faster than you. And he does that. And then like Trunks realizes I'll never touch him again. And there's this whole <laughs> cocky thing. I say all of this to say Cell talked a lot. Like he he was a bleach character. Cell yeah, was, he was. Cell would have fit in Bleach perfectly, and I don't like how this android was the first android in the entire series of all of Dragon Ball that seemed really like an android. The other androids all spoke, and they all had a personality, and this one, this Cell Max, part of it is because he, theoretically, he wasn't finished yet. He was premature. I just yeah. hate that the writing went into a direction where they used Cell in this way. Because he ended up being the ultimate villain of this movie, but he also ended up being nothing at the same time. Like, worse than Jim. Yeah, like yeah. It, he's just we, like a big monster. He's a big That's monster. It. It, gave me, it gave me the Final Fantasy vibe, actually. As I was watching it, I thought yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you get to the end of a Final Fantasy game, and you got Sephiroth as the villain. Sephiroth has a personality. Sephiroth looks cool as shit. And then at the last fight, Sephiroth starts transforming, and it's like, what the fuck is that? Not only what the fuck is that, but where did the personality go? Where did, like... The person yeah. that has been the antagonist for all this time. Same thing you'll, with Eisen, honestly. You'll play a D, uh, not DBC. You'll play a Final Fantasy game. There'll be a villain the whole time. Then you beat him, and then you fight like a tree. You'll fight yes. like, like you'll fight even, like a demon tree or something. Not shit. even exaggerating. You'll fight something so far out there. So I think that this is my biggest issue, and I wanted to make sure I went into detail about it because I don't think the whole movie is bad. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater the same way I feel about Game of Thrones, just because the ending isn't 
the best. It doesn't mean that I want to like completely disregard the entire movie. Cause I do think that the movie is just fine. Like it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Like it's a great so, anime movie. I think it's completely watchable. I watch it again with no problem. I just think that yeah. this is a, t- so th- to summarize what I'm saying, this is a terrible misuse of cell. Cause cells like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, um, yeah, I think it, it goes into a couple things. I do agree that it just like kind of big monster with no personality at the very end was like a little disappointing. And that, uh, you know, they could have did more. I, I, you know, I get what they were going for. They were trying to like use cell to invoke this thing, but then they also were like, well, he was incomplete and that's kind of like the write off for it. But, but at the end of the day, I think that like, it's almost like all the really cool story went in all the, all the cool characterization went in the gamma one and gamma two. I agree hundred percent. And I want them in the next video game. I could do without sell max being in the video game at all. Like I want to see gamma one and gamma two. In the in, yeah, in the next, in game. The next game, as well as cool as well shit. as Orange Piccolo and the, the well, he's the, definitely happening. And there's one other thing that I haven't mentioned yet that we haven't mentioned yet, but that better be in the next game too. Um, <laughs> what? But, oh, oh, hold on. Oh, oh yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so <laughs> yes. so anyway, but but Cell Max, yeah, it's because as I was watching it, there's awesome fucking moments. There's the part where like Gamma Two is like legit telling them like, look, I'm gonna do all this stuff. He basically tells him like he's going to sacrifice himself, and he like he's being really cool too. He's like, you know, I'm a hero, and but you can also sort of tell that you know he doesn't want to die, but he tells Gamma One like you got to go save Doctor Hedo. Like, there's really cool characterization with these people, and uh, there's I don't know a lot of awesome shit. Like Cell, oh, Cell just... does come in thankfully in the last twenty minutes of the movie. Right? Yeah, it's just like to get everybody. It's like it's to. Get Gamma 1 and Gamma 2 to, like, fully be on the good team. Yes. And then, like, to get everybody against, like, a giant threat. But, unfortunately, yes. that monster itself was just a monster. Yeah, that monster itself was literally a monster. And so, it's... That part, for me, is very lackluster. But, literally, everything around that is good, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think that the movie is bad because the Cell character... He could be... They could have literally just said that he created some other android. It could have looked completely different. And he would have been, like, you would have been more okay I with been, it. Because I'm like, well, there's just some dumb shit that they have to fight, and they're going to fight it together, obviously. But for it to be, to use Cell specifically is what bothered me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I feel I, you. That, for me, is why it's going to stay under Battle of the Gods, because you don't use Cell. So we got Resurrection of Frieza, which was iconic for Frieza's development. Like, that is, yeah. Frieza's the most iconic villain for all of Dragon Ball. There's no competition in that regard like freeze it's frieza like it's just mm-hmm. frieza might be the most iconic villain in anime like it's it's it might be like in all of anime i think the name frieza is like the the one there's others up there obviously modern eisen and more modern times are like more they have a very popular fan base too but frieza is like super iconic and super way back and i think so is up there too as iconic fucking villains because people loved when gohan snapped and yes like, that whole basically the beginning of the end of dragon ball z because i consider the cell arc to be like where after that you know go into the boo saga and that's that's the end basically but like the beginning of the end is that cell saga and that that saga is so good it's incredible like it's really there's like legitimate fear in that saga like there are oh the god. androids and I when imperfect cell oh my god like, i had fear there was fear of him absorbing people that i cared about and like yeah, yeah there was just a lot going on with that so there's a part now. Cell Max. So like like Fraser said, everything around Cell Max is fucking awesome. All the characters. There's a part 
me and Jaden were fucking Jaden's an actual child and I'm just also a child. <laughs> when Go Tanks, when fat Go Tanks was like running around fucking shit up, and then there's a part where like he gets hit by a blast and the back of his pants are ripped and his ass is just out. Yes. And like every time they show Go Tanks for the rest of the, the movie, his <laughs> ass is out. And every time without fail, me and Jaden laughed. Like yeah. me and Jaden were both just laughing every time. But all this stuff is happening. They're all fighting uh, Cell Max. They're trying to, like, beat him. There's a... Gamma 2 has this really awesome heroic moment where he sacrifices himself to put, like, a bunch of damage on Cell Max. Yeah. It still isn't it enough. Piccolo, like, goes... Or and then, like, Piccolo is like, all right, I'm gonna go and, like, hold him off. And then he's like, Gohan, like, you need to, like, power up and charge and all this other shit. And he's like, like I believe in you. All that stuff. Yep. So they're fighting. And then there's a part where Piccolo... Like, Gohan's watching this, and he's watching Piccolo, like, get beat to death. Like, Piccolo is getting the shit beat out of yep. him. Yep, it was hard for me to watch that. It was hard. It was, like, really getting the shit beat. And, like, you can see Gohan's eyes shaking. Like, he's he's tearing up. Yeah. And Pan's watching it. And, you know, Pan's fucking three. Shit is getting, like, heartbreaking. And there's a part where, like, Piccolo gets hurt bad to the point where I, Gohan thinks he died. And then they, they sort of reenact that Cell Saga thing. The, the line goes across Gohan's head, and he fucking snaps. Yes. And this shit, I didn't know what I was expecting. I was not ready for what the fuck I saw. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, so this is like Beast Gohan, from what I understand, or some shit like that? I don't know what it is. I don't know, I don't know. what this is, but whatever it is, with this white hair and these red eyes... It re- okay, so first of all, it is definitely reminiscent of the actual Gohan FL Cell. It's a rage version of Gohan. Yes, I like how they made like they they made it look like Super Saiyan two Gohan hair. Yeah, and they made it really big. And what's cool is because Gohan's older now; he's an adult. But they made his hair so what was like young teen Gohan when he went Super Saiyan two. He was still a kid. He kind of had a small body, but his yeah. hair was really big and yeah. up. And so now, as a, but they still made his hair like they made him look like Teen Gohan. You know what yes. I mean? As yeah, an adult, when when he because he's also co- uh, conveniently wearing the Namekian clothes, right? Yeah, so yeah. he's wearing the same outfit he falls cell in iconically. Mm-hmm. And when his hair grows out, I'm like, holy shit! Is his hair just really big to me? It was it was reminiscent of Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like obviously yeah. not to that extreme, but I, the first thing I thought about was, holy shit, his hair is huge. And I started thinking about Gone when he does his transformation, his 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 rage transformation, and his hair is really fucking big for his body. <laughs> so they kept they kept that going, which I thought was really cool. And then he just absolutely becomes a menace. Like, dude, he's like a de- like I was like, like yeah, like a demon. Does he have Does he have a fucking uh, a demon inside him? Is he Naruto? Is like it was very evil, crazy. Yeah, it gave me evil vibes. Like he seems yes. in that in that moment when he first transformed, <laughs> and like he started fucking that cell up. He seemed evil to me. Yes, the lightning, the red eyes, the the silver hair, and I then the purple like, lightning what? everywhere. Like he genuinely Dude. they drew. I was like, this is an evil looking character. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Cell Max couldn't fuck with him at all, and that that form. He has like veins on his face. Mm-hmm. It's scary looking. He looks like it looks like Demon Gohan. Like if, honestly, yes. the name if the name was Demon Gohan, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Like it, that would just be. It looks like Demon Gohan. And what's kind of cool was that, you know, I don't know if it'll get explained. I guess maybe it will. It, it should get explained at some point. But this is me throwing my theories out there. There's a couple things. One, this could be like a, a purely unique transformation of Gohan, and that we're not 
you know, maybe Goten could get it too, or all half Saiyans. Maybe because he's half human, you know, this is like a half Saiyan form that only he can achieve. It, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is that. Uh, but I do think there's one other thing. I think that, as as you already mentioned, people always say Piccolo is Gohan's real dad. Piccolo was also known as the Demon King. He's Demon King Piccolo. Piccolo is a, like, he is represented and known as a demon. A lot of his techniques have, like, these demonic-type names. Yeah. And um, Gohan, most almost all of his training, except for a little bit with his dad, is through Piccolo. And it's possible that through Piccolo's training, it this is, like, really is, like, a demon Gohan form influenced by, like, Piccolo's energy and Piccolo's Bro, training and Piccolo's influence right on Gohan. If they call this form Demon King Gohan, I'm done. Demon Prince, like Demon Prince Gohan. If they call this form Demon Anything Gohan, I am fuck because I put this screenshot up here on purpose. Yeah, so this screenshot this on, is wild. If you're looking at this on Patreon, uh, Gohan's eyes when he transforms and he realizes that Cell Max can't do shit to him, it is the most evil fucking smirk. His, he looks like a bad guy. Like he looks like we're fighting. Oh no, we're fighting like him. Goku Black. It's a Goku yeah. Black type vibe. <laughs> Yeah. Only it's Gohan. Like it's blatantly just a good guy, and he's but he's like psycho here. He looks these eyes, the way Toriyama or whoever drew these eyes, it is fucking he has crazy eyes. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> and this is when Cell Max is charging this gigantic earth-destroying, maybe even galaxy-destroying blast. It's this huge spirit bomb looking thing, a Genki Dama. And it's gigantic. And when he starts charging that, this is the look that Gohan has. It's a fucking <laughs> smirk. It's like you want to He's unbother. <laughs> yeah, he just looks so he looks so menacing. He is ready. Yeah. I was not ready for this. This shit looked insane. I need to see the next movie or the next arc and get to see more of this. I also need Dragon Ball Fighters 2 to come out because I'd need this guy in it. I need Orange oh, wait, Piccolo are they in done it. With Dragon Ball Fighters? Yeah, they announced uh at Evo Dragon Ball Fighters is getting one more update, and that update is adding rollback netcode. But then they also confirmed that like Dragon Ball Fighters like is done, like officially done. There's not going to be any more updates for it. Okay. So rollback netcode, that wasn't a thing before? No, Dragon Ball Fighters had shitty ass delay based netcode, <clears throat> and it's finally getting rollback netcode, which is like, you know, the best netcode it could have. And it's getting that and it's going to be amazing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So yes, Gohan snaps, and as he's snapping, Piccolo is using his stretchy abilities to wrap himself around Cell Max. And uh, this is one of the hypest things I've ever seen. Gohan starts fucking charging a special beam cannon. Oh, hold on. This eye... Oh, my God. My my fucking... I was puckered, okay? I'm watching this. <laughs> I'm puckered. I'm watching this, and I love... Piccolo goes like, Gohan, do... He's like, do anything. Do Charge a Kamehameha. Like, even Piccolo says, like, charge a Kamehameha. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. it's Gohan. And, like, he's, like, telling him, like, you know, do whatever... Just, like, you have to, you know, kill him. And then he starts charging a special beam cannon. Dog, when I tell you I was fucking erect... We've like, never seen this before, right? Like this We've is, never seen I'm Gohan use a special sure beam not cannon. crazy. We've seen no. him with Senko and stuff like that. I have never seen him do a special beam cannon. So I was wondering never, if I missed something. No, he's never done this. And even Piccolo, this is such an awesome moment. Because, first of all, this Gohan looks like a demon... He's charging special beam cannon, which is like Piccolo's signature technique. Yep. And then 
you know, he used the special beam cannon to end the movie to finish Cell Max, and it's fucking awesome, and it's hype, and it looks so, super cool. And then when things die down, Piccolo says, like, when did you learn how to do that? Like, Piccolo says to Gohan, like, yeah. when did you learn how to That's do that? And Gohan, Gohan, like, kind of, like, blushes, and he's like, you know, well, like, I've been practicing it in secret. And it's, like, really cute because we know Gohan isn't training as much as maybe he should, yeah. but he has still been training. And not only that, he's been learning special beam cannon on his own as a homage to Piccolo. And that's, like, such a beautiful fucking moment. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a cool thing. Like, he's like, well... Like, because you can kind of see it in his face. Like, he wanted to do this for you. Like, you're yes. my stepdad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm whatever. Sure that this Gohan was strong enough to beat that Cell Max in a myriad of ways. <laughs> yeah. It did not need to be Special Beam Cannon. It could have been a myriad of... He could have literally beat it to death. There Because the thing couldn't even touch him anymore. Like, he grabbed its... It tried to punch him, and he grabbed the hand. Mind you, that hand was huge. He just, like, grabbed it lightly and just smiled at him. and was like, yeah, you can't touch me anymore. Like, that's not a thing. So, for him to go out with Special Beam Cannon, that was really hype. One of the coolest things I've seen. And, yeah, I think that this movie overall was just really... Like, I think it was genuinely just good. And outside of Cell Max being used this way or Cell being used this way, everything else about it was great. Like, Yeah, I um, I appreciated a lot about the movie. Uh, there was a lot of funny jokes. We didn't even mention. We kind of... Or I don't think we mentioned it. We mentioned it before we started recording, but... uh. The fucking Oreos, like the or like yeah, when this movie made me want Oreos real bad. When they were talking to Doctor Hedo in the car, and he was like, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to do it." And he's like, "Are you sure?" And like, boop, like a compartment shot down, and there was Oreos in it. And he's yeah, just like, "I need that. Oreos and shit." And yeah, I don't know. There was just like a lot of really funny stuff in the movie. Animation was great. Cool transformations. Orange Piccolo and I will say this: this is one other thing, but this is me being greedy. I do wish that we got to see Gohan do a little bit more. Like yeah, yeah I, it was same. it was very brief. Like when I was watching it, he transforms, he stops the punch, and then like, you know, basically after that, it's him going cynical and special beam cannon movies over. I yeah. am assuming though that the point was to establish this version of Gohan to be used later on, and yes. we'll get to see him fight more seriously and like I guess an opponent who probably will be a lot stronger than SL Max, so we can yeah. really see him stretch his uh stretch his limits How? because I need to see this again. I need to see him like go all out in yeah. this mode and fucking rumble. I remember when he went to rage Gohan against Cell Juniors and he was just killing them brutally and how cool that was. I need to see him doing some shit like that. Like I need some villain to have henchmen mm-hmm. that are really powerful and then I need him to go into this mode and just start offing them horrifically. Dude, what's scary is like Gohan. Gohan and Broly are, like, very similar. You know what I mean? Like, they just, like, rage the fuck out, and they're so much stronger than everybody else. They do say that they're, like, Saiyan power is tied to emotions. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, and humans are pretty emotional creatures, where Saiyans, they can be, but I think humans are way more emotional in general. It's interesting how, yeah, it's interesting how Gohan, Gohan, for the most part, other than, like, you know, He's dealt with crazy shit like Frieza. I mean, I guess he has seen horrible things like Frieza and Cell. Yeah. But overall, he's had a loving life. I mean, he's seen, like, brutal shit from Frieza, so I guess that can taint him. Yeah. But it's interesting how, like, when he when he snaps, he snaps in a way that the other... Like, Goku and Vegeta don't snap like Look that. at this face. I cannot... <laughs> look at that fucking face. Like, the way Gohan snaps is real different. You don't like, Goku don't snap like that. It reminds me of people in real life 
who are very docile people who never get into confrontations. You never really get to see them angry. Uh, but when they do snap, it's mm. fucking terrifying. I have an it's uncle. Bad. My uncle is the nicest guy I've ever seen. But when I was younger, one of my little cousins was told to take out the trash by my grandmother. I might've told you the story before. I don't know if I ever said it on the podcast, but my little cousin was told to take out the trash. And he decided that that day he wasn't going to listen. And my uncle, who again is the nicest light skinned man you'll ever meet. He is just like the calmest. He never, I never see him get angry or anything like that. He's always level-headed. He always makes jokes about things too, that are kind of like fucked up to joke about. And I, I like that about him. I kind of take some of that from him. But when my cousin disobeyed my grandmother, who is obviously my uncle's mom, um, he fucking lost it. And he lost it in a way that scared the shit out of me for the rest of my time knowing him. And he's still alive. But like for the rest of my day, this happened when I was probably, so I was probably, let's say 10. And my yeah. cousin would have been like seven. And when this happened, the way he gripped my cousin up and started to just like, chastise him and talk to him it scared me so bad because the look in his eyes was crazy it was an yeah. actual crazy it, it was demon king gohan it was demon it was absolute demon king level and i just never forgot that because i never saw that side of him he was always the uncle that came over gave me money for good grades or even just gave me money period like i'd ask him for five bucks he'd always give it to me never turn me down like he was just like my, well literally really my only uncle and my absolute favorite and I just yeah. never saw him in that light. So when he snapped, it was scary as hell. And it just reminds me of people like Gohan. When they snap, it's like, yeah, this is the nicest person ever. Uh, an hour before this transformation, Gohan was drawn with these two black dots, his eyes. He had glasses on and he was basically in a professor mode, like super docile, flicking guns out of people's hands. Yeah, like, just not giving a fuck. And then he goes to this crazed version where he just can't be fucked with at all. So, but yeah, this movie was was fine, and then it, get, it ends with like Pan. She she's able to fly now. Yeah, yeah. There's an awesome moment because there's a part where Pan, like after Pan, like breaks the cuffs because they weren't real, and she like beats up a bunch of red ribbon guys, which is kind of like she just beats the shit out of them, and then she's running away. But there's a part where like Cell Max is exploding and like shooting lasers all over the place, mm -hmm. and like everything's getting destroyed, and Krillin like saves Bulma, which I thought was wild that like. Krillin saved Bulma over saving the child. Like, yeah. Krillin went and saved... Krillin was like, Bulma... Not Bulma. Pan, you have to fly. Like, you know, Krillin... I, I don't know. Maybe he believed in her. I mean, to be he fair, Pan's a Saiyan. Yeah. To be fair, Pan's a Saiyan and Bulma's a human. So yeah. maybe he just, like, believed in her. He was like, Pan, like, I know you can do it. And then, like, Pan flew. And that was, like, really cute, too. Because then at the end of the movie... She, like, is so happy and excited to show Piccolo. She's like, Piccolo, Piccolo, look, 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 look. And she goes and she's like, Ugh, and, like, she gets up and flies. And she's, like, so excited to show Piccolo that yeah. she can fly. And she it's flies like, around and shows everybody, which is really cool. Oh, it's, oh, also, this is way in the beginning of the movie, but they're training before school. And and then she it's like, all right, she has to go to school now. And she's like, okay, Piccolo, see ya. And she fucking runs to school, like, halfway around the planet, wherever the fuck she's going. They just show her run the school. And then they, they, like, Videl calls her. And it's funny, because Piccolo really gets treated like Grandpa. Videl's like, hey, you know, I'm busy. You gotta go pick... Can you pick up Pan after school? And Piccolo's like, I mean, I, I guess. Like, I was kind of busy. She's like, oh, awesome. Thanks, Piccolo. I'll send you, like, a plushie or whatever. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, this was... This was uh, it just completely did away with my expectations. And my expectations were based off the internet. Because mm -hmm. while I never let the internet completely deter me from something, or, like 
influence my real thoughts about something after I see it myself. If I agree, because yeah. sometimes the internet is right. Some things are yeah, terrible. Of some things are terrible. It can't always be wrong. The entity exists for a reason, and I love the internet and all that stuff. But then sometimes the internet just gets it wrong. And it's it's good to be able to separate your opinion from the internet's opinion and not just throw yours in there. Now, granted, if you feel the same way that the internet does, then by all means, like, that's fine. I'm just saying for me, and I guess for Kenny as well, this yeah. movie wasn't bad. Like, it just movie, was not a bad was movie. I guess I'm curious... Like, you know, if you disagree, that's fine. We're all human. We're all different. But I'm curious, what is it What is it about this movie that you don't like? So for And what I mean specifically, if you just don't like Dragon Ball Z, then okay, whatever. You don't like the movie. That's to be expected. But if you're a fan of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Super and the other movies, but you don't like this one, I'm curious, what in this movie did it you like? Because the other thing this movie did is it, it made Gohan hot again. Like, people mm-hmm. have been begging for some saucy Gohan, and like we got some saucy Gohan. Yeah, I do wonder because every time I see those posts, I don't really see them. I don't. I just see them saying it's bad. It was mid, whatever, and and I don't see reasons, which is one of my pet peeves about just critiquing anything. If if you haven't noticed after listening to ninety five episodes of this podcast, this is episode ninety five. If you haven't noticed, every time I critique something, I have a reason for it. Yeah. Like I critique Doctor Strange, right? Because I think that the whole premise of that movie with Wanda. Like you can listen to that episode again, but I had a very, mm-hmm. for me, my argument was sound. I was like, this is my reason. And, yep. and this is a good reason why I think that this movie, cause at, at, at the center of it was flawed. So to me, the movie was bad because the center of the movie was flawed. Whereas this movie cell max is not the center of the movie by a sh- fucking stretch. Yeah, no, he's, he shows up at the end and he's just like, you know, he's just there. He's just the monster that they, they kind of just, his, the point of Cell Max is to make it so that the antagonists of the movie, Gamma 1 and Gamma 2, who aren't actually bad guys, yes. it, it gives them an opportunity yes. to turn back around, be on our side, and then give us another monster to fight. But I guess, like, in an hour and 30 minutes, you don't really have time to develop all of these characters. Yes. Like, you can only develop so many characters, and so they developed the characters that mattered. They knew Cell Max was dying at the end of this movie. He doesn't need to be developed. But Gamma 1 and Gamma 2 are, are like, I assume, you know, Gamma 2 ends up dying, and, like, honestly, that kind of got to me. But Gamma 1 lives. I assume he's going to be part of the series going forward. I also think that they'll wish the other one back. I hope so. I, I mean, really hope. Cool. I hope. The Dragon Balls can certainly do that. Oh, yeah. Of course. So, yeah, and, I mean, if they're using it for eyelash extensions, then I believe they could do that. But, yeah, I think that that was my only real gripe with the movie is that this is a misuse of Cell, and I saw other people agree with me when I said that on Facebook. Um, yeah. I don't think that's like some crazy take. I think that's just fine. And I think that the movie's also fine. So, uh, all right. So what we'll do is we'll just save the monster Hunter talk for the next episode because we're already at an hour and like 20 minutes. And I feel like I have yeah. enough to say about the monster Hunter stuff that it can just be the next episode. So this, this episode sure. will be releasing, you guys are hearing this. It'll be Thursday. If you're listening to it immediately. Uh, and then the next episode, we're back to our two times a week schedule since we, we took off twice for the month of August that's done with. So now we're going back to twice a week. Uh, something something I wanted to mention real quick was when I, I went to watch, I literally watched this movie. What was it? Was it yesterday or two days ago? Two days ago, I think. Whatever it was. I, it was recent. I watched the movie and then like I messaged Fraser. I was like, hey, like I'm about to go watch Dragon Ball Superhero. I went to go see it with my brother. And then like the next time I talked to him, like the next day or I was like, you know, anyway, I was like, you know, he was like, we could do uh, the podcast on Dragon Ball Superhero. I was like, did you see it? He's like, yeah. I was like, when did you see it? He was like, right after you messaged me. 
I just you went to go see it, so I went to go see it. And now yep. we're doing the podcast episode on it. But uh, so, that was dope because I didn't. Yeah, like especially whatever your feelings were going into the movie. Sometimes, like if you're not feeling it, like other people like get you down. You're like, oh man, I hope this movie isn't bad. And like it can kind of affect you. Like ah, oh, you're not in a rush to go see something because of like other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. I know you said that it kind of happened with One Punch Man season two for you. I was um, I was scared to watch it, and I loved One Punch Man so much season one that I genuinely took a while to go see it because the internet has had been dogging it about its animation. So I was expecting to see fucking stick figures fighting. And then when I started watching it, episode one, when Garo fights a tank top dude or whatever his name is, I just couldn't believe, I was like, wait, this looks insane. When Garo did that fucking move from Fang, that water style shit, I was like, yo, this looks so good. <laughs> and then that's when I realized, you know what, Frazier, you just gotta stop listening. You just gotta to so can't with, listen to the internet. With this movie, I was gonna go see it last week, and then the internet started talking crazy, and I was like, okay, I'll wait a little bit, but I'm going mm. to see this movie, and that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. So once you told me yeah. you saw it, I was like, yeah, I gotta see it now. I uh, wanted to see it last week, and then I was I was scared that like I was gonna miss the window, and then I was when I saw that it was still in theaters this week, I was like, okay, like nothing is going to stop me. I'm going to see this movie. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm glad that we uh we think for ourselves. Yes, we do. Yes, we I would do. love to hear if anyone wants to write into the I'm There podcast. Uh, we have an email account set up for that. And you can also message us on our Discord server if you're in that. Uh, or you can message us on Facebook Messenger, however you want to do it. But you can send in a listener letter to discuss this episode or any of the previous episodes. Or honestly, anything you want related to nerd topics or life advice and stuff like that. We do that too, apparently. So write into I'm There podcast at gmail.com if that's something that you're interested in. Or contact us any way you can. And we may read it aloud on the show. Uh, we also have, I just realized something. There was a listener letter that was written through Patreon, if I'm not mistaken, that we still haven't gotten to. And I've been meaning to do that. So, yeah, I believe it was sent. Let me see. I, the point is, I think we have some listener letters to do. So in our next episode, not only will we be doing a, the Monster Hunter Title 1 update, because we haven't really talked about it, but it came out a couple weeks ago, and it changed, it changed Monster Hunter a lot. Uh, like a lot, a lot. This is the first end game that's ever been like this. And I won't go into too much details because we'll save it for the episode. But at first I wasn't sure how to feel about it. And now I really like it. So I want to explain what I really like about it. And I have a whole thing of like bullet points of what I want to say on it. And I think it'll, it'll be enough for an episode. So we'll do that for the next one. And then we also have more Yu-Gi-Oh! guests slated for the month of September. Some people that you guys are really going to like. The Nazar episode is still doing numbers. In fact, Nazar's episode is currently the second biggest episode of the podcast in its entirety. So, yeah, uh, it'll eventually be number one. And when it's number one, Nazar said he'll come back on a podcast to spill some more tea. So there's that. <laughs> so I'm all for it. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. What else is there? Is there anything else? Oh, 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 I give a there is to patrons, too. But go ahead, Kenny. So there is something else to say, though. Um, this Dragon Ball superhero movie was really really good i love seeing anime movies in theaters when i was in the theaters to see this they showed trailers they showed that there's going to be like a studio ghibli movie marathon that they're bringing back to theaters which i thought was really really cool i don't know if i'll get a chance to see that but there's going to be like a studio ghibli movie marathon that'll be in theaters uh pretty soon i don't know exactly when i gotta look that up but the other thing and this will be a podcast episode in the future assuming one Piece Film Red, which is the new One Piece film, it is currently out in Japan in theaters. I'm assuming 
that's going to be coming to the U.S. If that comes into the U.S. and is in theaters in the U.S., I will 1 million percent be watching One Piece film read in theaters. And, like, you know, if, if you like anime films that were in American theaters being talked about, then, you know, you can look forward to that. Because One yeah. Piece film read, I am off my fucking gourd for this because I think that's also going to just be amazing. I know that Shanks is a central figure of the movie, so I just, I cannot wait. Yeah, I will be watching that one as well. I love One Piece. Kenny loves One Piece. This podcast loves One Piece. So you can 100% expect to hear us going on that. All right. Uh, without further ado, so we do have our Patreon where you can get exclusive episodes. We just did our Car Game Theory episode that released last night. And so that one is up on Patreon. And the only people who can actually listen to it or see it are the people on our Patreon. So if you are interested in our exclusive content, there's a lot of it now. Check out that. Uh, just look up I'm Their Podcast on Patreon.com. You can also look up our link tree. Should have a link to it as well. And also, it just supports us, which we really, really appreciate. And even at our lowest tier, you get access to our Discord server permanently. Uh, barring, you know, you don't do something fucking crazy offensive or anything like yeah. that. Which no one has. We yeah, have a think, really nice community. I think there's probably, I think there's 12 or 13 exclusive episodes at the moment. Yeah, there's almost a year's worth, if not an actual year's worth of episodes that are only on patreon and then we have full video versions of the episodes too so if you're if you're one of the people who just like seeing the people on the podcast like speak and visually see us when we're laughing stuff like that if that interests you too i watch podcasts so i'm subscribed to another patreon for a podcast that i really really like it's only what like 10 bucks a month and literally they release episodes uh, with full video versions on there as well. And I always wait for them to come out on that Patreon instead of watching them on YouTube because on YouTube, it's just the audio. Yeah. And like, I, I generally think that there is something to be said about seeing them when they're laughing, or when they're saying crazy things like their faces, it just, it makes the experience so much more immersive for me. And I'm not just trying to yeah. sell you our Patreon. I'm genuinely like, this is how I live my life. So I modeled our Patreon after a Patreon that I respect and love. Yeah. Patreon, like, a Patreon that you're subscribed to, yes. you know, I pay for it every month, like out of my own pocket. And I have been for a while now because I genuinely enjoy seeing like they have the audio version, you know, on YouTube. But I was like, I really like seeing them and they're funny as hell. Uh, and we have some things in the works, too, that I'm really excited about that you'll be seeing. You guys will be seeing soon. So check. check out soon. Our, yeah. Make sure you're uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And yeah, you know, liking and subscribing, all those things, they really do help. So even if you're not. Uh, you're unable to do like the Patreon. It's fine if you just like spread the word of the podcast. If you like the episodes, share them on social media, repost them, comment, like do all of those things to help our engagement out. That stuff goes a long way as well as we continue to grow. We're approaching our hundredth episode, but yes, let me give a shout out to the people who are currently on our Patreon. There are forty of you, so uh, this is going to be a bit. But we have our first ever Connie. There's Austin, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, uh, uh, Vinny Casello, Alexander Brissett, Giovanni Avelos, Alex Lamer, Amri Reynolds, CJ, Dat one Saul at Dara's Gaming Cafe, Dan Varable, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, First to Home, Dalis Fernaris, S. Akuma, Mitchell Nels, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Sofiridis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, KJ, Doc and Ziggy, Biz, Roz Weiss, Nick Stango, Scott Palera, Hansel, our two-time national champion, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria, and Sunny at the Top Cut Podcast. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. It goes a long way. And as I always say, do the things that make you happy. Uh, I don't, I, 
I usually have a quip at the end of this, but I'm just staring at Demon Prince Gohan, and that's what makes me happy. <laughs> it makes me happy too. All right, we're out of here. <laughs> Thank you.